0: The work that we do is is mm-hmm. so critical because because it changes them and it changes you. That's right. And mm-hmm. and each of you is is leaving this place uh, or leaving this this state right after two years of formation here with this program. Um, truly, a, a a new person, right? Mm-hmm. A new person, and having impacted the lives and, and brought so many individuals into a place of being able to respond.
1: I'm Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Brad Piron. I'll be the host for today's episode. I'm joined by my brother and good friend in Christ, Aaron Richards. And today, Brad. I'm not introducing Dan Dimitri, which some of he's you who have break. listened before taking probably know. Map. Yeah, because of some <laughs> of the jokes he's made in recent episodes, we've had him take a brief break and uh, we've brought in two other friends who are <laughs> second year missionaries with us here at Damascus. I have my brother, Anthony Calvino, hey, Anthony. and my sister, Lauren gothard on the podcast today, guys. How you doing? So good.
2: So good, Anthony. Doing pretty well. I'm not Dan Devontae. My hair isn't quite as curly. (laughs) Hopefully I'm a little bit of a fire.
1: Yes, yes. Um, But uh, no, we're so excited for today's episode. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, Mm -hmm. um, Beyond Damascus is the show where encounter meets mission. The idea is that every encounter we have with the person of Jesus should always lead us into a life of mission. Because when we recognize how good Jesus has been to us, we want to make sure others know how good he is for them and to them, and how good He um, wants to continue to be in their lives. So, um, the idea of today's episode is to talk a little bit with you two about your lives as missionaries. So, I know that um, everyone that uh, tunes into the podcast always have questions around what does mission look like in my life? How can I give the Lord a uh, a complete yes? How can I surrender? all of the things that I um, am hesitant to surrender to him. And uh, what's cool about both of your stories is that both of you um, gave a yes to Damascus, even as the program here has been um, being formed. And I think there's uh, so much power in that because we can all have hesitations to set aside other plans, to set aside um, other goals and realities to pursue what God has for us. So I think the best place to start is just to ask both of you for um just a little bit of your testimony, a little bit of like how you came to fall in love with Jesus, how you decided to give your life to him, and then how Damascus fit into that. So why don't we start with you, Anthony? We'll move to you, Lauren, and we'll go from there.
2: Yeah. I really been an incredible story, an incredible journey. Grew up in a large family yeah. I have nine siblings. Great time, but I, I was number eight. I was near the bottom and yeah. growing up, my older siblings were very successful what they did. So I had an older brother who... Joined seminary right away, so I was like, "He's the holiest of them all," you know. Another <laughs> brother who was valedictorian of his college, yeah. so he was the smartest of, of us all. I had another brother who <laughs> uh, was quarterback of the football team uh, that was like a runner up to states this senior of high school. So I was like, "He's more athletic than us all." And so I think growing <laughs> up it was kind of this story of how can I allow myself to be seen by others? How can hmm. I perform and succeed in a way that's good enough to get the attention of? my family and those around me (laughs) and in a way that I'm not just hidden under (laughs) the shadows of all my siblings. So I think that's kind of how I Mm -hmm. grew up Mm -hmm. living in this place of I need to be really successful what I do so that I'm recognized and that I kind of have worth in the society and this family that I'm in and yeah, just grew up working really hard. And I freshman year of high school, I was invited on our tree at Franciscan university for a youth conference and had a, very powerful encounter with Jesus. Where Shout out to Steubenville, man. Yeah, <laughs> Steubenville, you know. Yeah. I, I, but I had a really powerful encounter with the Lord where mm-hmm. I experienced his presence in a, a physical way, an emotional way, and a spiritual way that brought me close to him and filled me with a fire to just live differently. And up until that point, I had just been living in a lot of, honestly, just depression and, mm. and doubt of myself and following that moment. Yeah. There was that a real shift in my heart that kind of seeing... God's good and seeing his providence yeah. in every area of my life and ultimately being given a sense of purpose. What that, got you yeah. to,
1: what got you to the retreat at Steubenville? Were you like part of a youth group? Did you get invited by someone? Or? Not
2: part of a youth group. Stayed yeah. away from youth group as much yeah, as I could. Yeah, sure, I, sure. My mom at, made me go to a youth group one time and I, that <laughs> asked me to go back and I cried in the car yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> when she drove me the next time. So it was not part of a youth group. Okay, but Yeah. <laughs> I, not that often. You know, I wish I was looking back on it, but I'm a big fan <laughs> of youth groups now, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, no, just a friend of mine. A friend of I, you honestly, invited you? Yeah, a girl who I thought was kind of cute invited me. Yes, and that, so got, got me there. Yes. Typical teenage boy story. But it, but uh, it
1: works. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. No, invitation's just so powerful. That's why I <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hey, I was in this place where I wasn't saying yes, and someone just took a step. And in this case, she was attractive, which also helped the process. But okay, but yeah, coming out of that, like you're starting to see more worth in, in the faith and in yourself. Yeah, yeah. and
2: I, I came back from that retreat and really started to pray every day and really it was the grace of God I started in gospel of Matthew and started reading scripture every day and spending time with the Lord and didn't necessarily fully understand prayer, but knew that it was important and that I was, I was seeing the impact that it had in my life as a 14, 15 year old teenager was seeing the impact that prayer had on my life. I know what that said and I'm going through that and spiritually have been plenty of ups and downs since that day, but I had had this moment early in high school, And then also had another really critical moment early in high school where my brothers, two older brothers, Augustine and Sebastian were at College of Benedictine College in Kansas. And my parents flew me out there for a Little Siblings Weekend. And I was like, all right, going to a college campus with my older brothers. We're going to go crazy. (laughs) Just be idiots. And I get there and they're like, hey, we're going to eat dinner. And then we're going to go in our seat for two hours and worship the Lord and pray for words from the Lord for the people that we're going to meet in Kansas City. Tomorrow morning, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So two hours go by, and I'm like, well, that was really long A and different experience. <laughs> different experience. I but I saw something. I saw something in those guys, even though I was for sure dis- disconnected from that experience at sometimes, and mm-hmm. wasn't quite up to the speed that they were at. I I saw something in them that mm-hmm. I wanted. And, and the next morning, the eight of us, seven of the college students, uh, including my two brothers and myself, went down to Kansas City. We split up in pairs of two. Just as Jesus split up the disciples in mm-hmm. pairs of two, and just spent the morning talking to people in Kansas City. Um, and asking them um, if they want to pray for anything and praying yeah. with them. And at that time, I was uh, paired with a man named Sam Halligan. Come oh, so on. Sam Halligan Sam. And I, yeah, The I rest
0: just, is history. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I was, I was just blown away. Like, I, I did hardly anything those few hours. I just watched Sam and mm-hmm. saw something in his eyes and saw something in the heart. And the, the willingness of a college student to get up at 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning to drive an hour away and, I was like, that's Mm -hmm. special. There's something different in these guys and everyone else I've seen. So kind of carried those two experiences through with me through high school and throughout college as kind of everything else was going on. Mm -hmm. But in the midst of then my personal life, like I said, just tying back to that beginning of then there was athletics or um, school or friendships or just being the funny guy Yeah, uh, trying to be seen in my daily life. And I'm going to university. I went to Robert Morris University. In yeah. Pittsburgh, small D1 college. And I was in business school there, studying financial planning, and then ended up getting my master's in business administration. And mm-hmm. yeah, seeking, I, I kind of started putting in college my number one focus, I would say, was my resume. Yeah. That's sure, where my work sure. was. That's where my identity yeah. was. It was, I I couldn't find necessarily one thing that I was mm-hmm. going to do better than uh, in terms of necessarily academics or uh, <laughs> sports or uh, whatever it might be. But mm-hmm. the one thing I saw that I was like, okay, I can do better than my siblings is I can be the richest, the fastest and have yeah. the best yeah. right. <laughs> right. Right, right,
3: That's
1: my differentiating <laughs>
2: It's like, I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the kid in the family who has his finances all together. It's going to yeah. go out perfectly <laughs> and I'm going to have financial security and uh, yeah, I'm not going to avoid debt and yeah. get rich and have investments and live a comfortable life. Right. And mm-hmm. so just started putting everything into that, into mm-hmm. a career. Got some great internships right away. I had an internship where they literally flew me up to Milwaukee. Yeah. And national. I Fortune 500 company mm-hmm. flew me up to Milwaukee. Yeah. One of the best interns. I was a 19-year-old. Yeah. and
1: Milwaukee's a great city yeah, too. Milwaukee. Love it.
2: All right. <laughs> uh, and then next one was working with Alter High Network clients. I so would get to 20 years old. I was getting to work and logging on my laptop and working on $500 million portfolios, recommending yeah. trades. And yeah. I'm working on estate plans for that. And yeah, it was Going pretty well, and yeah, I was being very successful in that. Mm-hmm. I would say my family was noticing it, which I cared a lot about. My sure. peers respect me a lot for that. Yeah, and was in this trajectory, and yeah, doing well. But definitely, there was something in my heart that I was like, this isn't really satisfying. I would, I would get to, I'd be at work, and I would, I would enjoy what I was doing, but my heart wasn't coming alive. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that my heart was coming more alive at the one night of campus ministry that I was going to on a mm-hmm. Thursday night. Then uh, during my, my days of work,
1: could you put your thumb on like why that was, <laughs> it's just, just, there was a passion in the, what you're yeah. doing in campus. Uh, ministry yeah, or? for sure
2: there was, it was the people that I was surrounded by that. That's what was yeah. the difference is. Yeah. I would get to work and use very being around these very successful men and their passion was for themselves. Their passion, You could tell you, you'd get to work and even though they might help you out here or there. Yeah everyone was trying to advance themselves, not each other. And being involved in the campus, yeah. in the show, I was a place where people were fighting for each other and then good if others, not themselves. Yeah. There's advancing
1: something together yeah. instead of just advancing yourself alongside someone else, mm-hmm. you know? That's yeah,
2: different. exactly. And, and then going off of that, I think that's what kind of, then gotten to this place. of Mission is 2020 world shuts down, right? The summer and I was on Facebook, why was I on Facebook? Because the world was shut down and there's nothing else to do. And so for whatever reason, I found myself on Facebook for the first time in probably years. And uh, once again, my friend Sam Helligan pops up again. And had graduated college at this point and was working at yeah. this place called Damascus Catholic Mission Campus and posted a video, a montage, of first week of summer camp. And I was first blown away by the fact that they were doing summer camp during 2020. <laughs> I yeah. was like, wait, what? That's different. <laughs> like, yeah. they're People together, they're spending time mm-hmm. with each other. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was, I saw something in that, in that video, there that are also testimonies. And these kids are sharing stories of how their lives were changed. How they, this experience of de- depression or isolation uh, or this yeah. just lack of peace or doubting God who is uh, challenged and then overcome mm-hmm. by the love and the grace I've got the experience here. Yeah, Sounds
1: like a freshman, Anthony and Steven.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And even though as a freshman, I'd had victory in a lot of those areas during college in the midst of chasing this career. So many of those things that I had seen victory in had come back into my life. Yeah. Yep. And here in summer 2020, I was experiencing a lot of those things that these kids were sharing, hmm. but I knew based on this experience I had early in high school, uh, that, that retreat that I went on, I've seen my brothers
3: hmm. and the
2: life that they were living, that there was something more available and, seeing these testimonies and what was happening at Damascus. I was like, I want to be a part of that. Um, Yeah. And and just backstory, just a tiny bit is before seeing that video, I I was in my room by eight May, 2020 and made a deal with God where I was like, all right, God, it's kind of just frustrating, probably a frustrating day of work and just wasn't feeling the purpose there. And it's like, Lord, I'm willing to do mission for one year after I graduate college, but I'm not going to look for it all. You need to make it obvious and show (laughs) me where. So that was kind of, yeah. I made that deal with God. And so Here's this, the ultimatum. This, this video shows up <laughs> and then I'm like, notice it, reached out to Sam, didn't hear back from him. He was having a baby at the time and just yeah. missed the summer camp. It was crazy. But I, yeah, just kind of went back to what I was doing. I was like, all right, I mm-hmm. shot, shot, shot a text message, didn't hear back and I, whatever, right? Well, then Damascus keeps coming up over the next few months. My brother comes back. Yeah, I just, I had another friend who was there right now. He's at Damascus right now. and, and uh, another friend, at, Another friend was like, "Oh yeah, I just. Oh yeah, my, the youth minister at one of the parishes nearby ends up getting engaged to a girl who had previously worked at Damascus, Riley. Yeah, and then got back to campus in the fall. And there's an, a new girl helping out, Angelica, who had previously been a summer missionary here. And uh, I was like, okay, this place that I hadn't heard about until a few months ago keeps showing up. Yeah, and <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess I should think about this a little bit more." Uh, but still doing this internship, I'm like, I'm going to work there after I graduate. Yeah. It's all going to go great. Long story short, what's happening happens is I get pulled into the office one day with my managers at the internship. And they're like, hey, just with our numbers from COVID, our projections for growth weren't as high as we thought they were going to be this year. So we won't be able to bring you on in May. So we're just going to, we're going to let you go and allow you to find a new opportunity and a new place to, a uh, new firm you get to get connected with before graduation. mm mm-hmm. I was like kind of upset and I, I left, I was driving back in the car and very upset, but at the same time, I had this just an amazing sense of peace with mm-hmm. me. And I know it's a cliche, but it's like, God closed the door to open another. And mm-hmm. I felt that in the moment, there was a sense of, okay, this is getting closed, but it's for a different reason. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, my trust in God didn't last very long because <laughs> within hours of being home, I was on my computer trying to find that next open door <laughs> and applying for new jobs, new internships. Yeah. And, and getting my foot in the next door, right? Mm-hmm. Taking it by my own control. Yeah. And while I am uh, on the computer in the midst of an application, I think it was for like Edward Jones or something. Mm-hmm. I get a message from Angelica. She goes, FYI, applications for Damascus just opened up. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, at the very yeah. least I should submit an application <laughs> here. I uh, sent it in. I didn't hear back at least for a little bit. and. But like when I filled out that application, there was this sense of like life that filled me that wasn't filling me when I was doing other applications. Mm -hmm. There was something that was filling my heart and making it come alive Mm -hmm. that wasn't when I was applying for these other jobs. And so I followed up and reached out to Damascus and I'm interviewing you, Brad and Abby, and chatting. And you guys ended up offering me a spot here. And I was Mm -hmm. like, all right. I feel like at this point kind of knew I was supposed to be here, but I was still kind of wrestling with it. I was like, I'm not going to commit to something I haven't seen yet. Yeah. So when can I come out? You're like, Hey, we got this young adult conference in power. Yeah. Come on out. Uh, shout out in power. If you're a young adult, be there <laughs> next year. <laughs> yeah, One yeah. of the best things mm-hmm. I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, showed up and with got here. First thing that happens, to go to the chapel
3: mm-hmm.
2: and open my Bible. And it was Luke chapter five. And for context, I kind of had this, this sense of, okay, I'm supposed to be here. hmm but what's going through my head is, well, what have I been working on the past few years? Mm-hmm. What about this resume that I've been building up? What about the sense of worth that I've put myself in my career? What about this plan to gain recognition in my family yeah. by, being, I mean, I, by being, the, being the son who has it all financially together? Yeah, yeah. Uh, doing mission work is not the, not the clearest path <laughs> for that. So uh, I'm going to like, all right, uh, what about these professors and network? That I built up and what are they gonna say? Mm-hmm. And sit down, open my scripture today. And it's Luke chapter five, which is the call of Peter, where I, Jesus says to him, mm-hmm. Come follow me, and I'll make you a fisher of men. And Peter gets up, leaves everything behind and follows Jesus. Yeah. And I was like, Okay, Lord, <laughs> yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta leave everything behind. And it, it was scary, but the good part of that is that when God asks us to let, let someone go, yeah, it's actually for our good which is mm-hmm. hard to believe. I think whenever God asks mm-hmm. us to let go of something, we're like, but why, why, why are you this mean God who wants to take everything away? No, yeah, yeah. he actually wants us, our greater good. Mm-hmm. That so often we're, I think we're, we're bound by anxiety or stress because we're actually not living in trust of him because we're putting our trust in these things that we are told to put our trust in rather mm-hmm. than trust in him. And so sometimes he asks us to take, let those go. And sometimes we don't let those go. He actually takes them away from us. Yeah, that's uh, right. Even without giving us the choice, because he actually wants us to experience Mm -hmm. that freedom and peace. Mm -hmm. And so, kind of at that point, like, all right, shoot, I think he's right. I think I need to be here. But, uh, crazy story is then the next morning, January 1st, 2021, Mm -hmm. I I had had something called TMJ syndrome in my jaw for the past few years. Mm -hmm. This guy, or literally in the red barn playing pool, it's kind of chilly in there, and mentioned that my jaw had been hurting and the TMJ syndrome. This guy named Greg wasn't even a missionary here. He's like, Hey, can we pray for that? I was like, uh, no, uh, and yeah, maybe not. Yeah, like, <laughs> maybe, maybe
1: pray for me like after you leave and yeah, just keep me like, in prayer. I was
2: like, let's finish the pool game first. <laughs> <laughs> so we finished the pool game first. He's like, all right, now we're gonna pray. I was like, all right. I was like all right, you got me. So he prays and he says, in the name of Jesus, John, muscles be, at, be relaxed and jaw be healed. And this warmth goes through my jaw, and like that, the pain has gone. Like there was this grinding, clicking sense mm-hmm. in the right side of my jaw. And like gone. I'm like what? I like, what the heck just happened? Yeah. Like I wasn't expecting anything to happen. I think that's, that's most of the most time the we pray. <laughs> We're like, all right, I guess we can pray, but we don't actually expect God to move when yeah. we pray.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: I was just blown away by that.
1: That's wow. So, good, so
2: man. that, that weekend obviously changed my life yeah. and I got back and shot over, shot over an email to you and it's like, all right. <laughs> yeah, <it."> I remember <laughs> that. yeah. Well,
1: I think what's, what's amazing and, and we'll tie you in here, Lauren, and hear your story as well. Like, um, Jesus, like he, he doesn't want to hide his will from us. He wants to reveal it to us. And when we become open to that, right, like he starts drawing us in and he'll accompany that, um, that calling with different things, right? Like sometimes it'll be a healed jaw. Sometimes it'll be a scripture that we like just see in a different way. And it's like, that so clearly aligns with our life. And, um, I think we can all attest to that, but before we jump in more to the, uh, the thoughts on all those things, we'll save some of them, but we want to pull you in, Lauren. How about your story? Yeah. Um, What brings you um, to today? Tell us a little bit about your life.
4: Yeah. So I was raised in kind of a non-denominational home. So we went to church every now and then. We were a little more consistent when I was really little. Mm-hmm. Um, I like went to church camp when I was little, like maybe second grade, gave my life to Jesus. The mm-hmm. whole thing's baptized mm-hmm. in a lake. Loved it. Um, Yay, yes. I, I have pictures too. It's That's amazing. Um, and yeah, so God was k- like kind of a part of my life, but mm-hmm. never a big part of my life. And um, I, so we were going to church, going to church, and then around middle school is when the crap hit the fan, as mm-hmm. they say. And um, yeah, we just stopped going to church for a lot of just family reasons and um, just struggles with pastors, all the things, and. Mm-hmm. So we stopped going to church and here I am in middle school, which is just the time of kids that we actually work with. But when I was just like seeking a lot and seeking to understand who, who I am, who I am in relationship to other people. And um, yeah, in that time in my life, there was just other, other challenges going on with like friend things, family things that I just found myself like really in a position of seeking. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't have much um, church. And so I just saw it through knowledge. I saw it through information. Mm -hmm. I was such a nerd. I literally like would go to my science teachers and ask for extra projects just because I was like, there's something more Mm -hmm. that I want to wrap my mind around and I just can't find it. Mm. And Something's never changed. (laughs) (laughs) For anyone who knows Lauren now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I was just so hungry and um, kind of through those experiences, we decided to um, go to a Catholic high school, my family and I, just because mm. I was quite honestly bored with the school I was in and just looking for a fresh start and new opportunity. So um, so I, I, I end up going to the closest Catholic high school to where I was living, which is a high school in Kansas City called um, St. James Academy, just doing awesome things really built around. Jesus is the center. The tabernacle is the center of the property. Meanwhile, like almost pagan Lauren walks in. I have no idea what's mm-hmm. going on. <laughs> Um, And I just remember my first day of freshman orientation, I get like shuffled into this room, turns out to be the chapel. Mm -hmm. Um, We're all just in there. And because I was by the door, I end up in the front row and we're having mass on this first day of freshman orientation. I've never been in mass ever in my life. Um, But I'm sitting up there and I can see everything and... I just have so many questions going through my mind. I'm like, why is he wearing a dress? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what is that? That's yeah, that's what the is first that? Question. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. I think it was green, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, didn't really match his style, but okay. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just was so curious and so hungry to understand, and um, mm-hmm. just so hungry to really belong somewhere too. I think that was one of the things I was looking for, mm-hmm. and so um, I. Start school. Start doing the Catholic schoolgirl thing, and um, <laughs> <laughs> I am in these religion classes. And my mind, which is so hungry for truth, begins to ask all these questions and mm-hmm. get really good answers. Shout out to my teachers; they were really, really patient. But um, I just started to like receive information and receive knowledge and receive truth that fed mm-hmm. a place of me that was hungry for so long, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful because Jesus says he's the way and the truth and the life. And, Mm -hmm. um, I was just captured by his truth. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so, um, freshman year we would go to like mass once a month and that was the most religious experience I had. We had retreat opportunities. I went on retreat and experienced Eucharistic adoration for the first time. They were like, go in, we're going to pray. And it's actually Jesus. and I was like, "What? like, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm in there praying, and my whole class is on their knees, and they're like really praying, and there's beautiful worship music. And um I just felt <laughs> that there was like this this weight to the to the atmosphere, to the air around me. And mm-hmm. I was like, there's something different about this place, different about um, this like moment of experience. I turn, like, learn later it's the Eucharist. Like, Jesus yeah. is really there, yep. and yep. and I'm encountering him. And, um, yeah, I just had a moment of repentance that didn't adhere super quickly, but um, gave seeds in my heart. And so over the summer between my freshman year of high school and my sophomore year, I just realized there was a lack in my life. There was a lack of um, Jesus, really. And so when I got back my sophomore year, I— Said this prayer every day for like a month, which was a lot for me. And it was, God, I don't know what's true. I don't know what you want of me, but show me what's true, and I'll do it. And mm-hmm. um, it just showed me my classes that year were the sacraments, and that's kind of where everything everything changed. I learned about um, apostolic succession, how it was all rooted in the Bible, and I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, if that's in the Bible, and I believe in the Bible, then mm-hmm. everything else is true. Mm-hmm. And um, So that was kind of the final thing, but I was scared. I was scared of what my family would think. And sure enough, the next day we learned about the martyrs and how the martyrs like laid down their life for what they believe in. Yeah. And, um,
1: yeah, that same truth.
4: Yeah. Mm -hmm. For the truth. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, crap, I told him I would do it. So I guess I will. (laughs) So I went through RCIA. I entered the church, um, July 27th, 2014, random Sunday. And, um, I find myself at a, at a Catholic summer camp the next day that um, was just really integrated with my high school mm-hmm. um, in Kansas. And I went to that camp and it was beautiful. I learned so much. I had my second confession there <laughs> <laughs> um, and I got back from the camp. I was also involved with some retreat ministry in high school. I had been on a retreat before I entered the church. I was signed up to help with one the weekend after I got back from camp. And so I go back to this retreat center um, that was just so beautiful and the place I'd had that initial encounter with the Eucharist. And um, I'm helping out with this retreat, and they asked me to give a testimony. And so they had given me scripture that I had to put in the testimony, which I'm thinking now is kind of funny. Um, But I'm giving my testimony of just how I'd found peace and truth in the church. And um, the scripture was Acts chapter 2 how the apostles received the holy spirit and then um preached the gospel with their lives and i'm reading it in front of this group of people and it was just powerful because i was like wow i just received the holy spirit in confirmation a week ago and here i am preaching the gospel with my testimony and leading small mm-hmm. groups and mm-hmm. and like giving my life for this thing and it was just a moment that i've gone back to so many times because um It was, I think the moment the Lord called me to to ministry and to mission for the rest of my life. Um, So thank you, Jesus. I'm so grateful. Mm -hmm. And um, so fast forward, I'm doing retreats in high school. There's a retreat called Teens Encounter Christ that Mm -hmm. is pretty big in Kansas City. So I was doing those every like three months or so on the weekend, and um, (laughs) just really running after a lot of peer ministry, a lot of... um, just ministry because it, it, it was what the Lord was calling me to mm-hmm. started a daily prayer life. I was, um, discipled in prayer by an awesome religious community in Kansas city and, um, just really plugged into like all the beautiful places. And I get to the end of high school, um, discerning lots of things. Like I said earlier, I love science and math. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it was, it was a challenging choice, but I just always went back to that moment of like, this is what my, this is what I'm made for. Yeah. Um, is to preach the gospel, and so I decided, okay, I'll go to the school that will set me up to do that the best, which I find out later to be, um, I guess this is a skewed, a bit biased opinion, biased opinion, um, Franciscan University, so I end up as a freshman at Franciscan, which is thirteen hours away from home. Didn't yeah. know Ohio existed really.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then your eyes were open <laughs> and you
4: knew. And I've been here for seven years that that now. Great so. state of the union.
0: <laughs> I think it was the river that really did <laughs> yeah, it. It's really <yeah>.
4: yeah. what brought her in. Yeah, the
0: Ohio River. <laughs>
3: yeah.
4: <laughs> so um yeah, I start at Franciscan. Um, I started off in philosophy and theology. And quickly realized that as beautiful as I found philosophy, it wasn't going to help me convert the man in the airplane seat next to me. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. I switched to um, catechetics, which is teaching the faith. And Mm -hmm. um, during college was loving my studies, loving the things I was involved with. um, And I, I ended up working at the summer camp I went to after, um, my initial conversion. So I worked there right out of high school and then right after freshman year. Um, but something really big changed in between those two summers. And it was that I met the Holy Spirit at Franciscan, um, in such a beautiful culture of openness to the Holy Spirit. I found myself coming from this like basis of truth and knowledge and seeking the Lord to, um, kind of hitting a wall and being mm-hmm. like, God, I've been praying every day for two years through high school. I've been serving you but um, like there has to be more and I'm not growing anymore. Um, So again, making some really honest prayers of like, okay, I don't think praise and worship is really for me, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to go because I want more of you. And um, just my freshman, the end of my freshman fall at Franciscan, really um, seeking after relationship with the Holy Spirit and asking in a new way to to be in relationship with him and Mm -hmm. to receive the gifts that he had And um, yeah, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit at the end of my freshman fall Mm
3: -hmm.
4: and was starting to like do prayer teams and engage in ministry that was really open to the Lord and realizing that up until this point in my young life in ministry, it had been like three years at that point, um, Mm -hmm. I had been relying completely on myself and I was tired Mm -hmm. and um, I couldn't keep doing it by myself. So I go back to the summer camp for the second year and, um, I was like praying to be baptized in the Holy Spirit every single morning and just like really seeking to rely on him, but found that my peers around me weren't. And that was also really tiring. Yeah. And so I got back to school my sophomore year of college and I was like, man, I love summer camp. I love doing ministry in this way, but I can't, I can't keep doing this. And, um, I get a call from my sister, who's a student at Benedictine, um, that she had gone to a night of healing at Benedictine run by Sam Halligan, shout out to Sam.
1: Good Sam. Um,
4: and it had been a really powerful experience for her. She was hearing about my experiences with the Holy spirit and it was really her first experience there. Mm -hmm. And, um, she was like, and there's a conference out in Ohio that like Sam and other people kind of like him are going to be doing. And so. In the winter of my sophomore year, which was 2017, 2018, Mm -hmm. um, I went to an encounter conference out Mm -hmm. in Ann Arbor Mm -hmm. and um, I loved it. I was so hungry for the Holy Spirit and for the gifts and just to know Mm -hmm. him more. And that's where I met Aaron and Dan. And I don't know if you guys even knew it, but you were talking and... Um, you just kind of ended your messages with, by the way, we have a summer camp. You can apply if you're like young enough. And I was <laughs> Good like, work, Aaron!" It's oh my name. gosh, I love summer camp. And I knew I wasn't going back to the mm-hmm. one I was used to. And um, I guess I'll apply because these people seem to really want to rely on the Lord. And um, so I applied. And I think by literally God, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was accepted that summer to work here. And it was just a summer of like insane transformation, and I had heard people say like working at summer camp was transformative for them, but I had never felt transformed like I was here. I met I met the Lord in ways I never had, and saw Him move in ways that I just hadn't known was possible. Mm-hmm. And so that summer, sorry, there's a fly. Yeah,
1: I know that's I, it's catching my eye too. Yeah. But you're <laughs> a great, way to way to speak through it.
4: <laughs> that summer, I um. I fell in love with Damascus and with mm-hmm. the way that we seek the Lord and the charism of this place. And um, I was like, that's it. I want to be a full-time missionary. Like, Lord, I want this so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you either confirm this desire or shift it?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And um I prayed that for a good amount of time. And as I prayed, he started to um reveal to me my my campus at Franciscan. And while Franciscan gave me so much, it was also a season where um, there was an increasing hunger for more of the Holy Spirit and more mm-hmm. um, desire to be transformed by him. And so I, um, like the Lord just turned my heart, heart towards my campus and my heart started to break for it. And he was He was just like, Lauren, I want you to teach people to hear my voice. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, that's it. I'm going to go back to Franciscan, not as much a student anymore, but as mm-hmm. a missionary. Yeah. And um, I'm going to take every opportunity to teach people how to hear his voice. Mm-hmm. And he gave me insane opportunity. I was running prayer teams then, so I got to teach people how to pray for other people and hear the voice of God every week. Mm-hmm. And um, he just gave me so many moments. I think I counted it once. I think I I think I taught over a thousand people how to hear God's voice,
3: mm-hmm.
4: um, which is amazing. Thank you, Jesus. And um,
0: yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Just <laughs> just, yeah. I'm just heart. like listening. I was literally <laughs> in my head thinking like. That's a lot. Like that's a large (laughs) number. I'm glad you externalized it.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Whether that was just like friends over coffee or, um, different like upfront ministry opportunities I had, Mm -hmm. he just like was, it was just what he wanted. He wanted people to go to the chapel and leave changed. Um, he wanted people to hear his voice and act on it. And, um, yeah, he just gave me so many beautiful, beautiful people to share that with. So, um, throughout the summers of college, Fast forwarding, I kept coming back to Damascus because it was really where my heart was Mm -hmm. and where where family really began to be. Um and each summer I'd be like, Lord, is it time yet? Like I I wanna, I wanna come and I wanna stay. And um, he would give me a new mission for my campus. It was always kind of a one-liner. Yeah. It's a good one-liner kind of God. Mm -hmm. Really um easy to grab a hold on to be convicted by and be convicted by. Mm -hmm. Um and so he just kept sending me to Franciscan and gave me so many opportunities to build um, there, to build ministry, to build things that were really just after his heart and in his heart for Franciscan. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just so grateful, so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And um, in this process, I get done with undergrad and I enter into my graduate studies um, in theology and Still, the Lord's like, hey, like I want you to keep growing things here. Um, my grad school year was to build a culture of discipleship. And um, he had given me women's ministry to steward and a blank slate and a fun budget and Mm -hmm. a boss who let me do whatever I wanted. And Mm -hmm. um it was it was so fun. It was so fun to build and it was such it was such a great just thing that the Lord had me doing and I was there and um, going through grad school, but again, I'm not really there to learn as much I am to to pour into the campus. And um, there is, there is some girls that I was discipling and I was getting to the end of my grad school year. And I had some opportunity to stay on at Franciscan in the office of evangelization. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, pretty much writing my own job and doing whatever I wanted to do with a fun budget and a Mm -hmm. paycheck. And um, I was at, a praise and worship night, which was the first place that I encountered the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And there was a girl, her name's Chessie who I had been discipling um, for three years at that point. And she was involved in these ministries that I was a part of. And she, I was like kind of off to the side praying and she comes in and I see her starting to go through the room and invest in other people Mm -hmm. and just like this light and this joy. And um, wow, I love her. I think that's why I'm like Mm -hmm. so choked up. Yeah. Um, And the Lord was just like, Lauren, her, her like impact has surpassed yours. Mm -hmm. And that was like what I needed. He was like, you can go in peace, like servant, your work has been fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that was one of the, one of the the parts of his heart that he was like, hey, like you've done so much here Mm -hmm. and you've raised up a new generation and it's Mm -hmm. time to go. Yeah.
1: Affirmation and permission. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I affirm what you've done. Here's permission to do what I need you to do next. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. So it was beautiful because my heart was here. Like I wanted to be here, but he also had my heart. So at Franciscan.
3: Yeah.
4: And um, yeah. So that was that was a, a beautiful moment to come back to of like, okay, like he is sending me. And mm-hmm. um, as I stepped more into the practical side of what that discernment looked like, um. I just realized I had this whole pro con sheet in my head um of a job in ministry versus a life of mission and um how I had really built with the Lord so many incredible things that I could continue to build but somewhere along the way like my own self reliance and my own mm-hmm. desires and my own preferences had become um maybe not completely ahead of God but shoulder in shoulder with God yeah. and um and he was really calling me to a life of like complete laid down surrender mm-hmm. of my preferences and my desires and yep. um, all of the beautiful heart disposition shifts that happen, happened mm-hmm. with that. But really what, what the final thing was for me in coming and being a full-time missionary was um, I just looked at my pro-con list and I was like, that's it. It's Franciscan, right? Yeah. Like it makes more yeah. sense on paper. And um, I took a step back and I just... Thought of. I don't I, I didn't even think I just felt, mm-hmm. and I was like, it just fits like Damascus just fits it's like mm-hmm. where my heart has always been drawn, and it's just more it's just me yeah, it's just me sure, so sure. there was just a moment of like yes, this doesn't make sense on paper yeah. as much, but mm-hmm. it it settles into my heart and gives me peace
1: it's so good, thank you Jesus just um uh yeah, I well, Aaron, do you have any thoughts? I want to give a little context. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, I
0: mean, so I think we mentioned it at the start of the show, but you guys are each finishing your second year in formation here. And just to give some context, maybe for someone who's doing yeah, in sure, for the first sure. time. So we, we, we've spoken a lot about how Damascus is a, a missionary movement. Mm-hmm. And what that means is that uh, every one of our 130 plus people who are involved in the day-to-day operation of running a ministry that impacts twenty five thousand kids every year Mm -hmm. and and you know we just we had an amazing men's retreat this weekend your dad was there with us uh we we run women's retreats we run the young adult retreats that that spoke to both of you really powerfully and um uh, amongst a variety of other things you know and and this is only made possible through the fact that that Young people like yourselves and and individuals like Brad and I have have mm-hmm. been given the opportunity to give our lives to something that 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 the Lord has has placed His hand of of blessing and appointment on, and uh, you know our our full time program here, which the two of you are are concluding this year, uh, we've got sixty some missionaries who have said yes to entering into two years of formation through. Uh, a curriculum of, of classwork, which I know has been a great joy working with Lauren and something that she's stepping into more intentionally even next year, as well as the applied learning of actually getting down in the trenches and serving with middle school kids and high school kids on mm-hmm. literally a day to day basis. Yeah. Right there. I, I don't believe there's anybody who works harder yeah. in, in service of the church yeah. than, than, yeah, than you guys fun. do. And, uh, what what really stands out to me is that each of you came to this program, not from a place of like, okay, I'm, I'm graduating high school and I'm, I, I don't have any options and I'm confused and I need to figure it out. So I'll fill in the gap for a year or two while I get my life in order. And I think that's sort of where we tend to gravitate when considering missionary work that... Yeah, missionary work is a is a good alternative if I don't have my stuff together. Mm-hmm. And 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 maybe it'll work out. Mm-hmm. And I think unfortunately a lot of people often will think about the seminary even in the same way. Sure. Or or religious life, that like this is a good fallback option. It's
1: where I go when no other roads are continuing. Yeah.
0: yeah. And and I, I love um the witness that each of you have shared and and truly lived in the last couple of years that you both had plenty of options right, and really solid paths laid out for you. And that's not a story that's unique to yours, but I think it's a story that we need to continue to tell because regardless of how often we speak it, I mm-hmm. think people tend to gravitate toward, well, this call couldn't be for me because I've got, because I've got options, because I've got my life together. Yeah. Right. And uh, just to witness at the same point, like, I know that the two of you, we probably we we certainly don't have time in today's show to share everything that's happened in the last two years, but to see the transformation that's happened in each of you mm-hmm. here on this campus as a result of getting down and dirty and covered in paint and <laughs> mud, yeah. Uh, like I, I just when I when I picture Anthony in my mind, I just there 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 are few men who have served the the young men here at Damascus in the mm-hmm. way that you have just in pouring your life out. And I think that if you're, uh, I imagine if, if the leaders of your internship at, at that bank that you identify or that financial firm that you identified would, would see that, okay, you know, Anthony, we, we, we can't continue in this position of internship, but you know, you're going to go off and find a, a great new path and blaze new trails. If they imagine that for the next two years, you were going to be, you know, wrestling in the mud and shooting paintballs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and sharing the gospel with kids who, you know, had snot dripping down their face and yeah. <laughs> smelled like a guy's locker room. Like the, the work that we do is, is mm-hmm. so critical because, because it changes them and it changes you. That's right. And, mm-hmm. and each of you is, is leaving this place uh, or leaving this, this state, right? After two years of formation here with this program. Um, Truly, a a new person, right? Mm -hmm. A new person, and having impacted the lives and and brought so many individuals into a place of being able to respond. Yeah. So I, I just can't. One last point. I I can't wait to hear the stories of the thousands of young women and young men who who get to you know sit on a microphone like this someday, or or share with their parents or with their with their spouse or whomever that yeah I was I was lost and I was lonely and then. All of a sudden, I went to a place that changed my life, yeah, and I had right. a counselor named Lauren
3: mm-hmm.
0: who who delivered this message to me. Or I had a counselor named Anthony who showed me that I was lovable even when I thought the worst of myself. Mm-hmm. Right? These are these are the stories that are going to be the groundwork for someone else's for someone else's conversion.
2: Mm-hmm. off that, so Lord brought me here for these two years, and actually, a week from now, I'll be graduating the full time program and. What the Lord is actually having me do is actually go back into wealth management, hmm. and just that story is wild because when He He brought me here, I was like, "All right, I'm going to do it for one year." Was my do deal with God, and then He was like, "All right, it's a two year program." And I was like, "All right, fine, Lord, I'll do yeah. two years." <laughs> so I got here, I'm like, "When I did two years, the and ultimate to it was leave. one year, Lord." If yeah. He
1: forgot, just to let you
2: know. And I'm like, "All right, fine, I'll do two years." And He's like, "Okay, <laughs> Anthony, I actually want you to let go of that plan too. I mm-hmm. like, let, let go of the plan and surrender." And even like Lauren during your story, I love how you were sharing that the Lord brought you in through knowledge. But I think something that amazes me about you is that even though you're someone who you love to understand, you live a life of docility mm-hmm. the Lord, a life of surrender. When it would be so easy to, okay, I have this great brain to, to go control things and to do it <laughs> yeah. my way that you actually submit your knowledge to the Lord's plan mm-hmm. and to what he's actually asking of you, even when you don't understand. And I think that's been so much of these couple of years of learning yeah. that, of letting go and kind of going back to that theme that I said earlier of, when God asks us to let go of something, it's for our good. Yeah. And when I came here, I was like, all right, God, I'm gonna do this for you.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm gonna take this loss <laughs> on myself <laughs> yeah. for the sake of you and for the sake that you're gonna do for the mm-hmm. people. And, what he, and God's done so much more good in my life, Yeah, personally than through me over yep. these years. He's done so much through me, but the work he's done in my life mm-hmm. is the greatest work that I've seen. Yeah, today, yeah, yeah. so and powerful. It's, yeah, and this kind of theme that I started at the beginning of, okay, I need to prove myself to others. I need to show other people, Mm-hmm. how great I am <laughs> yeah. when I got here I was like I, I was comparing myself to everyone around me I'm like I'm better than them for this reason this reason <laughs> and I've, I've done all this before and this person's coming from back background or this background and it's why I'm the better one and <laughs> yeah this is kind of the need to prove myself in my own mind and, and, and in the minds of others and what the Lord's done is just, he's taken that down he's asked me to get dirty with kids He's mm-hmm. asked me to clean mm-hmm. toilets after a treat like I remember yeah. the first time that we were doing reset after, after we do retreats here, the missionaries ones that reset the whole campus. And I remember yeah, the right. first time I was on reset, it was, a, it was a, Sunday afternoon. We had just had a, a group of kids leave and I'm washing these walls. And I'm thinking, wow, I could be working at an, a 40 hour week job, making great money, living comfortably and sitting on a sofa, watching mm-hmm. an NFL football game right yeah. now. Like there's a game going on that the Packers are playing right now, <laughs> Big Green <Bay> Packers fan. <laughs> yeah. They're playing right now and instead I'm scrubbing a wall. Yeah. And, but through that, what the Lord did is He actually mm-hmm. worked my good. That He tore down this total um, false belief mindset that, that my worth isn't what I do. Mm-hmm. And He tore that all down and He showed me, Anthony, your worth is in how you're loved mm-hmm. and in how I see you. Yeah. And actually, the people around you here are actually going to teach you that as well because they see you in the same way. Mm-hmm. They don't see you for what you've done, but they see you mm-hmm. with the dignity. That I've given you yeah. as a son of mine. Yeah. And, and so it's funny, I'm, I'm leaving the program in a week to go back into wealth management, but I'm a different man for the rest of my life because of what the God's done for me in these two years. Yeah. Yeah. But if, yeah, I think so many, and this is, yeah, I think this is for so many, even of our listeners here, that if the Lord's been asking you to do something and you're like hesitant because you're, you're worried about the plans that he has for you, that mm-hmm. don't worry. Like the Lord actually has your greatest good in mind. And yeah, it's like, do I believe that? Do I believe that the Lord actually wants to work my good? Do what he's asking me? And the answer that is that he does. And mm-hmm. just these two years have been a, a testimony of that, that in every yes that I said that I thought I was doing for others, He worked a greater good in my life. That's right.
4: That's a really good point. I, I just love that, Anthony, especially of the like, yeah, our worth is just in how we're loved and how we love. I think for me, um, engaging in the program, counseling a bunch of middle school girls all the time, mm-hmm. um, has really just turned my heart to love like where before I was like, okay, what can I build with the Lord? What can we accomplish together? Um, now I just sit at dining halls covered in paint and mud and I just look at, look at young, young girls and I just feel the father's delight for them. Like I just love them. And, um, -hmm. like that's going to serve them so much more than some program I could build or curriculum I could write. And, um, yeah, it's just it just changed. It changes everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I think it's so funny because it's hard for me to find my words because um for those who are listening, I um direct the missionary program here and the missionary program is impossible without missionary yeses. And the missionary yeses that you two have given have been um entire like you've given your heart, like when you said yes, you stepped in and you and you were un, unwavering. And I think that there's this um yeah, there's, I think sometimes there's this hesitation, um, for us to be all in really mm-hmm. in life in anything that we're doing, always having a plan B, always having a fallback option, mm-hmm. always saying, Hey, if I'm in this and it doesn't work out, then I'll just, I'll go to this. But with YouTube being all in, I think what, what it, um, what it's encouraging me, uh, in, and for those of you listening today is that no matter the aspects of my life where I feel underqualified or the aspects of my life where I feel overqualified, I, I can actually be Completely present to those situations and circumstances, mm-hmm. and and actually like instead of just seeing it from my perspective, allow the Lord to show me His perspective in it. Like Lord, okay, there, there are aspects here where I feel like my intellect or my strengths or my whatever it is could be doing more, mm-hmm. but you have me here. What do you have for me? Mm-hmm. That Lord, you have me out over my skis, and I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, but. What do you have for me here? you know? And I, I think there was, a, there was a powerful part of what both of you were saying, um, in, um, in looking at things um, like somewhat objectively, like, I, I'm building out my resume, and giving a yes here doesn't bring that resume to the place I want it to. Here's the pros and cons list, and it doesn't seem to match up with where I feel like the Lord's drawing me. The, the Lord doesn't um, doesn't desire to write our story in a way that makes sense because it's only the stories that don't make sense that give them the greatest glory. <laughs> yeah. That it's actually it's actually the stories that's like, I, I just, I took a step. I said, I said, yes. And I tried to give my whole life to it and the Lord showed up, right? Because it actually affirms that he is a better manager of my life than me. Yeah. Like the great stories of the saints. Like, that's why I, I, I wish we could just have like 30 more minutes to ask you more questions about just your testimony. Because you're going back into wealth management, Anthony. Lauren, you're being deployed back into Damascus to take an aspect of our ministry further than it's ever been. And it's like, because stories are powerful, but they're more powerful when they're not stories of our own willpower, but mm-hmm. of his power mm-hmm. in our lives. They're like, you could have built the best resume ever, Anthony. And, and it wouldn't be Augustine's Confessions, <laughs> right? Like it, it, w- it wouldn't be the Diary of St. Faustina.
3: It would have been this controlled, methodical, um, linear, and um, and just um, something
1: something that was lacking a supernatural transcendence. Not to even say any of it's bad, but it's actually when we welcome the Lord into what we're doing and ask Him
2: if that's what we're supposed to be doing,
1: that He takes it from just the ground level and elevates. Mm-hmm.
2: And that's something that the Lord has for everyone Yeah, is that right. no matter what occupation you're called to, mm-hmm. the Lord doesn't want your life to be this 2 dimensional sheet of paper
3: yeah. that
2: is yeah. limited to simply the natural world. Mm-hmm. No matter yeah. what your occupation, the Lord actually has something
3: mm-hmm.
2: for you that's so much beyond mm-hmm. the natural world, that he has yeah. a mission for you and a calling for life that actually makes your heart come alive. Mm-hmm. The Lord wants every single heart to be alive yeah. and living a life to the full. Yeah and living life by mission ultimately.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes me think, um, Paul writing to the Corinthians, he says, do you like need a letter of recommendation more or less? He's like, are you commending yourselves again? Like
3: yeah.
4: when we know that our recommendation, like our worth is actually written on our hearts in the spirit.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And I just think yeah. that that's been like such a, such a fruit of like, mm-hmm. okay, yes, Anthony and I have these degrees and we have these like sheets of paper that say what we're yeah. good at. <laughs> but, um, <sighs> more than anything, like we don't need (laughs) like letters to commend us. That's, Mm -hmm. that's like the old law. That's like the old Mm -hmm. structure. Mm -hmm. Um, and really what we need is Mm -hmm. the the name of Jesus written on our hearts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and, and your story is so beautiful in that Lauren, because it's, it's not a pursuit of those things for something. It's a pursuit of those things from something that Mm -hmm. from this intrigue to mystery, this, this, this revelation of truth that I'm excited about this revelation of beauty that I'm excited about this revelation of goodness that I'm excited about. I'm pursuing those degrees, not for some worldly attainment, but from some desire to -hmm. do something with my Mm -hmm. life that really matters. Mm -hmm. And I think that both of you, um, have just represented that so well. And as we're, um, as we're kind of coming towards the end of the podcast, I'm going to throw it over to Aaron because I, I I just want to speak a word of affirmation to both of you that, um, just know this. And, and for those of you listening, I, I pray that if you're tuning in now that you'd go find our podcast and listen to this entire episode to hear Anthony and Lauren's stories. Because the, um, the thing I want to affirm you both in is, um, is being people that in your lives over the last two years, more than anything, desire for the Lord to be number one in your life. And I think no matter where we're at listening or Aaron and I here or you two here, anyone in the, in the studio here listening, if we desire to make the Lord, the number one in our lives, wherever we're at, he'll provide the next step and and he'll be faithful. And, um, and I just honor both of you for that. And, um, and before I throw it over to Aaron to, to, um, to just kind of like close us here in prayer and to pray for both of you and for our listeners. Did you have a thought there, Anthony?
2: Yeah. Oh, thank you, Brad. I appreciate it. It's. And it is that simple. Mm-hmm. Seek first the kingdom of God, and everything else will be given. To yeah, that's
1: right. That's right. Yeah, Matthew 6, 33. Amen. Yeah. So we've okay. got a little. Uh, uh,
0: I guess we didn't. We didn't make it up. It's from scripture. But that when we when we place an offering on the altar before the Lord, mm-hmm. it allows us to surrender control mm-hmm. and to bring it to a place where we can see Him do what He desires with it. And one of the, the components of our formation story here is that when we place an offer an offering of ourselves mm-hmm. or of a, of a priority or a concern in our life on the altar before the Lord. A uh, couple things happen on altars. Um, one is that if that thing uh, needs to be burnt up and eliminated from our life, then that'll happen. Uh, that sacrifices are burnt on the altar. Mm-hmm. And another thing that happens on the altar is that we see a, a sacrifice that's received. It's, it's blessed and broken and multiplied. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it doesn't always happen this way. Mm-hmm. But in each of you and in your story, yeah, I think right. it's really beautiful and profound that, you know, Lauren, there was a there was a desire early on in your life to be one who was a teacher and and further as you as you taught or as you as you came into relationship with the Lord that that you desired for that to be expressed through ministry mm-hmm. professionally. And now at the conclusion of having taken all those things and placed them sacrificially on the altar, that God's actually calling you to, to re-up for that. And he said, Hey, this thing that you sacrificed, I'm going to give it back to you Mm -hmm. in a bigger way than you ever anticipated. Mm -hmm. And now like uh, taking ownership here, um, Lauren's Lauren's stepping back into, uh, into leadership here at Damascus and actually taking charge of directing one of the biggest outreach processes that we have Mm -hmm. within our, our youth component. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be incredible to see the way that you take that into ownership this year. Mm -hmm. And, And just how beautiful it is that like, this is actually a fulfillment of a thing that maybe you thought at one point you were sacrificing and putting to the side in order to step in. And of course, Anthony, in the same way uh, or in a similar way that that you placed that uh, career option on the altar and stepped away from it seemingly in its entirety. And now you're being brought back in, Mm -hmm. in a way, uh, working with an organization that's going to actually Mm -hmm. see this vital component of a ministry necessary to the world in a new light.
1: Yeah. And both are pleasing to God. Yeah. That the, the, the God is pleased in the offering. Mm-hmm. Like whether it's burnt up yes. or multiplied, he's pleased in the offering. Yes. And in both of your stories, yes. it's been burnt up in seasons and it's been multiplied yeah. <laughs> because the Lord brings it back because the Lord can work. From death yeah, into good, life. Good. You yes, can work from yes. nothing into everything. And so, um, yeah. So again, just uh, yeah, before we close in prayer, just know of our hearts for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, the missionary program in Damascus is better now than it's ever been. Amen. And it's going to be better next year than it's ever been because of a foundation that you guys have sat the, um, set. Rather. Um, and, and that's just going to continue. So thanks for your yeses and for sharing your stories. And uh, we're so excited for what the next step will entail for both of you. Aaron, you want to yeah, close this in prayer?
0: Of course. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus, we love you. And we're so thankful for the way that you continue to seek us. You seek us, Lord. You're with us and you don't let us sit where we're at. Um, God, I pray, of course, for Anthony and for Lauren and for all of our graduating second year missionaries here at Damascus that you would lead the way, that you would be one who would take that sacrificial gift that they've given of their lives, you'd bless it and you'd multiply it for them and for those that they're called to witness to and to serve. Jesus, we pray for all the thousands of kids truly who have um, met you through the witness of these two individuals and those that are graduating from our program this year. And we pray, Jesus, that their witness would not only be an inspiration, but would be an invitation to those who are listening to today's show who might be asking that same question. Uh, God, the world even the church tends to invite us into a place where there's a tendency to try to build our own plan, as good as it may be. And truly, your witness and your invitation and the response that these two have witnessed to us today is that the only way is surrender. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we make a surrender of our lives again to you today.
3: We pray that you will receive that offering freely given, that you'll bless it, multiply it,
0: transform it in us and in others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 In the the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit.
1: Spirit. Amen. Amen. Friends, again, this has been Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. If you um, enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone. Go back and watch it. Listen to it again yourself, because here's the thing. When we encounter the testimony of others, it puts us on a mission to find ours. Like don't go through life without a testimony, without the opportunity to speak to what God did with an offering of your life because he can do amazing things. And Anthony and Lauren have testified to that here today. Again, share it with someone that you love if you think that they'd be upbuilt by the stories here. I know that I was. Feel free to like and subscribe to this channel so you can continue to have inspiration to live out the mission on your life so that the testimony you share could be one that impacts people like the ones you heard here today. God bless you
3: and we'll see you again next week.